Hello there. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I am the hopes for Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. This is a platform for birth or natural mothers to share about their journeys, to share about their stories. We cover the hot topics, the things where no one else will talk about or go there. We cover the truth. We cover grace and healing. This is a place where birth moms and natural mothers can share their journeys. We are not therapists. We do not give advice. So get your therapist. We listen and we allow birth moms and natural moms to share their story. Listen in. Good day, everyone. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I am the host for Birth Moms Real Talk, the platform that allows birth moms to share their story, to share their journeys. Some of it is so unique, but you know what? We're all the same and we're in this together. And I'm always so happy to have another birth mom on to share her journey. Listen in, listen intently. We have Sharon on today. Welcome, Sharon. Hello. Yvonne, uh, thanks so much for asking me to do this. Um, after hearing your story, I realized that we have several similarities, just okay. as most birth moms do. Very good. Yeah. Similarities, but we're, we're all different. So that's, that's why all sure. the stories need to be told. Absolutely. So Sharon, when we get started with just sharing about how your life was growing up before you became a birth mom. Okay. <clears throat> I was born and grew up in rural Missouri and was raised in a Christian home. My parents had 11 children. They wow. had three boys, <laughs> then four girls, and then four boys. They were amazing and I don't know how they did it. Wow. I was the youngest girl and I was like a mother hen over all my, my youngest brothers. <laughs> my mom always knew that they would be safe if I was around. And mom did not have more than a fourth grade education, but she was so intelligent. She loved to read and she taught herself so much. She was a great cook and loved to have visitors. We didn't have a lot of money, but we never went hungry or without a meal. We always knew we were loved. And I spent some of my summer vacations while in school with one of my older brothers and his wife. Mm -hmm. And I babysat during the summer months for their children as babies okay. and then back to school again and then again the next summer I would babysit for them again. And As with many young girls, I always figured I would get married and have children mm-hmm. since when I got older. I loved school and I was in the National Honor Society in high school after graduating. College was not an option as we could not afford it. I was given the opportunity though to, I was attending a free six month vocational technical school program Mm -hmm. that certified me as a secretary if I made good grades. Along with five other classmates who were certified as secretaries and had passed a civil service test, we left Missouri on a bus for Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. (laughs) That would have to be a journey from Missouri to (laughs) Washington. Yeah, okay. Yes, it was. So, So you were right after high school. So how old were you then? Uh, 18. Okay, okay, go ahead. Uh, my, our apartments were in Arlington, Virginia, mm-hmm. and our first jobs were in civilians working in D.C. for the U.S. Navy. Mm-hmm. We rode the bus to work every day, stopping first by the Pentagon and then on into D.C. 
I spent the 4th of July on the White House lawn sitting <laughs> with friends and as we watched the fireworks being thrown from the Washington Monument. Beautiful sight, if you haven't uh, seen it, yeah, yeah. After about seven months, I returned to Missouri and started living in St. Louis and working there. Uh, I was so naive, especially compared to the young girls now, today. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I was in love, but I realized shortly after I became pregnant that mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't love at all. Oh, wow. When I told my boyfriend, his response was, I don't care what you do, it's your problem. Ooh, so wow. I did the only thing I thought I, sh I should do at the time, just as society needed a thing to dictate when a mother was pre uh, not married and became pregnant. I made a plan to place my baby for adoption. Now, let me, can you back back a little bit, Sharon? Sure. Was, was adoption even in your purview during high school? Did you know anyone who was adopted? No. Okay. And no, were you, I, I did, did you not. have previous relationships before high, during high school before you finished and went to D.C.? Uh, yes, not okay. not any serious things. Okay. This this okay. is my first serious relationship. Okay, okay, go ahead. And I do not know what my parents would have said if mm. I would have asked them if I could come home with my baby. Mm. I did not think it was fair to my mom or to my baby to ask her to help me raise my child. So you never even told your parents, or yes, I, I had already figured out okay. what I needed to do before okay. I ever called home. Okay, and okay. I was not living at home, so I was about four four hours away from them. So mm -hmm. I called home to tell them, and after I, I just told them I was making an adoption plan for my baby, and they agreed and thought that's probably for the best, mm -hmm. and that was the, all we discussed about it. <laughs> was it ever said anything again about it? No. Mm. It's something about that silence, isn't it, Sharon? It silences and just wait. I, <laughs> the yeah, silence is not golden. Yet. You know, a lot of people no. say silence is gold. Silence is not golden, but that no, silence, as you say, for is the time you were 18 and whatever period of time, is like, and never brought up again. No. As if, as if, as if, and, and I speak for myself, you know, as you heard in my episode, is like I had to announce because nobody was asking me and nobody was talking to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I found out it's because they're, they're afraid that if they talk about it, it'd make me sad. And so they didn't want to do anything to make me sad. But do you think that what it was? Is that how you looked at it? That's why I, I think it was, yeah. And in fact, that's what they told me. Oh, really? On. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I felt as if, if, if they talked about it, it'd make it real. Yeah, that's probably true, too. Okay, okay, and go ahead. I did not go to a maternity home, but I went to Kansas City, and I lived with my oldest brother and his okay, family until okay. after my daughter was born in August of 69. Okay. And I did not see her at birth. A sign was posted on the outside of my room that my baby was not to be brought to my room. Hmm. And on the inside, it said I could not leave the room. Hmm. Hmm. Am, was this I a know. hospital? Yes, this is a hospital. Okay, okay. And I hemorrhaged and almost died after mm. her birth, mm. and I had to have a blood transfusion. Mm. I, I spent six days in the hospital, and during those six days, I was given a drug each day that can cause adhesia. And Betsy Norris, the founder of, in 1988, of the Adoption Network Cleveland, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. confirmed recently while on a, a, a Zoom call with Gabrielle Glazer, the author of American Baby, mm -hmm. 
she confirmed that, uh, Betsy confirmed that as a nurse that she had given scopolamine uh, to birth moms and anyone having a difficult pregnancy, which could cause apnesia. Hmm. Now, you know, it, I shouldn't say strange you say, but again, that particular thing, and it's another I've heard, and one of my birth moms who's on the podcast had mentioned the particular drug that was given a lot of times to, I call it to, to close up your milk and your breasts or whatever, because it was like you, you didn't really know and you know what was being done to you. Yeah, because it was a silence again, not only for people not talking about it, but how you go through it and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry you went through all of that, oh, Sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I I felt like such a failure, like mm-hmm. I had failed God, my parents, mm-hmm. my only chance to be a mother, my only chance to be a wife. Mm-hmm. I felt like I only had one chance at happiness, and I had blown it. Thus began my long road of self-condemnation, wow. seclusion from others, and enveloping myself into that shell of protection from criticism and pain. Right. So so your self-esteem was oh, yeah. always low or began after you became a it, mom? Well, I was always shy and, okay. you know, real shy. But as far as self-esteem, it wasn't that, it wasn't that low. No, it, okay. it, that really did it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how... how, how how was it with your family afterwards? Did you say you made well, your placement, you were four hours away, so you were like on your own mm-hmm. after that? Yes. Well, uh, I did go back home mm-hmm. to, to live after okay. afterwards. Okay. Um, my immediate family and one girlfriend, a, class, a classmate from high school and the Botech and the birth father knew about my pregnancy, but we never discussed it for about 25 years. Hmm. And some attempted, but I would tell them, I don't want to ever talk about it. And oh, I, I would not, it was me that would not talk oh, about it. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering that about and then whether after you had that, it or not. After yeah. I said that, nobody wanted to attempt because they, you know, I had already told them, I don't want to ever talk about this again. Hmm. So, when did I change? Uh... <laughs> When my daughter found me. <laughs> okay, hello. You know, hello. there was a switch up somewhere because you're talking about it now. <laughs> I'm talking about it now. <laughs> you're talking about it now. But but tell but, me more about the adoption plan that you made. Was So you found an adoption. Uh, I, I really don't remember how I okay. found out about that adoption was the best. I just knew that I couldn't, I, I just wasn't prepared to write. And I right. just knew that. I'd have to go back home, and my mom would have to help me, and I just couldn't do that to her because she'd already raised, you know, eleven okay. kids. I couldn't, I couldn't bring that on in her. Now I'm listening to you, Sharon, and talk about you couldn't do that to her. Mm-hmm. What about I yourself? <laughs> I just couldn't. Okay. And, and of course, bringing the the secrecy and the shame on myself too. It's not just her I was thinking about either. Okay. But, okay. Okay. But, um, okay. So when you but, found an adoption agency, so it was closed. So you proceeded and handled all that yourself. That was just no, prior to I, it, or what? My, when I went to to Kansas City and lived with my brother, his okay. his wife, my sister in law, um, she sent. I, I went to her doctor. Okay. Okay. And then he told me about a family that had had mm. two children. Okay. Uh, okay. Adopted two children. Okay. No, they adopted one boy. And they wanted another girl to go with him, mm-hmm. and that was all I knew about them. And so I yours said, well, referral, just like mine's, and that's yeah. what you say similarities there. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 And and Yvonne, just to tell you how good I was at burying that secret and never mm -hmm. talking about it, mm -hmm. um, like the social worker told me to do, I'll tell you about one one that I actually kept to myself for 21 years and mm -hmm. a secret that I have deeply regretted many times. Mm -hmm. I started working at the local police department in a non-sworn position in February of 1974. Mm -hmm. Later in June, I was told by a friend who had uh, gone to school with this person. She said, a new employee named Jeanette's going to be working with you. And she, this is her words. She gave a baby, a ba gave away her baby for adoption. Can you believe that? Mm. And shocked, I, I said, oh, she did. Then I quickly changed the subject and never mentioned it to her right, again. Right. Because I could not admit that I was a birth mom to her or to uh -huh. anybody else. So, so hearing that and the response of another birth mom sharing her story, that reaction, you didn't want that same reaction if you spoke about if, yours. If I spoke to anybody else, I okay. thought, well, they're going to say the same thing. And, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. So and you, said, you, you mentioned for us that that time, and it's not that much different now, Sharon, quite frankly, you know, when, when people say, and, and, and the, the words you use, she uh -huh. gave her baby away. Yes, he gave it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that is like, do you believe it? Yeah, yeah. I know. And, yeah. and I use that saying when I'm quoting something, but uh -huh. I usually say place because that I actually, right. you know, did yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. But I choose, I don't like the word gave away because it yeah. reminds me of giving away a puppy or something else. And well, you, well, you, know, you, you listen to my podcast, you, you know those are fighting words for me now. You know, I know. <laughs> I'll fight you if you say that about me. Because, right, place. I placed my son for his benefit. That was a love. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. okay. So I'll tell more about the Jeanette story in a little while. But okay. for right now, um, I stayed out of church after my daughter was born because I felt so unworthy. Mm. And I started going back to church in 1993. And I was starting to open up a little bit with my friends, but mm -hmm. I still could not open up enough to tell anybody about my daughter. Mm. So it was three people. What was you say? Best friend, uh -huh. your family with your mom, dad, who in the family knew? All of my, the uh, one's older, one brother and younger than me, and then all the older ones knew. But the okay. three youngest brothers never did know. Okay. Until I, until later. Okay. Then you mentioned for you started uh, out of, um, you left church or wasn't attending church because you felt you weren't I, I was worthy. So unworthy. I just didn't feel like I deserved to be in church. But after I, I had so much shame in placing my mm. daughter for adoption, mm. I just. Did you get any help? Did you get any therapy then? No. No, no support groups, no nothing, nothing. And I would spend, none of my friends knew I didn't talk about it with anybody, and I was always there. For, I had so many friends and my family, and I was always smiling. I have been, mm -hmm. always been told I have a nice smile, mm -hmm. and I was always smiling. But mm -hmm. that was just, the, that was just the, the way I put appearance, because right. I would go home to, like on a holiday with my fr family and my nieces and nephews, I would go home and cry myself to sleep because right. I think, oh, I sh that should be me, but I w couldn't do that. But nobody right. ever saw that side of me. I, I always had a smile for everybody. You had that mask on. 
Yep. For so many years. And I mentioned the mask later on too. As okay. You'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's exactly what I. Yeah. And yeah. I did not search for my daughter. I I believe it was also around '93 when I saw a movie about an adoptee who needed a bone marrow transplant. And mm. up until that movie, I only thought of myself and being told to go on with my life, like it didn't happen. But mm -hmm. I had not thought of the possibility that my daughter might need me. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that movie, a book was mentioned as a way to search for a lost loved one. And mm -hmm. it was called Lifeline, The Action Guide to Adoption Search okay. by Virgil Clender. And so I, I got that book and then I called my niece after reading that book and asked if she knew which hospital my daughter was born in. And she told me it was Kansas City, Kansas. So I realized from that book, since my daughter was actually born in Kansas City, Kansas, and not Missouri, the state of Kansas never closed their adoption laws. So ah. I rested knowing that my daughter was able to find me wow. to get her buried room birth certificate when she became of age or whenever she wanted to. So uh -huh. I would just wait for her to do, find me. Okay. So you and were sort of waiting and expecting your daughter not to really. find Not really. I just thought, well, Adoption was starting to be shown on TV uh -huh. at that time, about okay. that time. More movies than that one. Mm -hmm. And I would think, oh, I wonder what I would do. None of my friends know how could I, what would I do? What would I say? I, of course I want to find her, but I just mm -hmm. don't have the right. And I, I still kept that feeling. You know, going back, you've said a couple of things. I hear a lot of the moms saying, I didn't have a right to search. I didn't feel worthy to go to church or, or whatever, and I'm the shame and mm -hmm. putting it all on themselves mm -hmm. with exactly that. Right. And and you to say it again, a common thing. Well, move on. You'll forget about it. Well, my social worker told me to go on with my life like this didn't happen. I know. And I know. And you know, <laughs> I I said that in the Facebook Live on Saturday, Sharon. It's like, what were they thinking? <laughs> and I really, and I say that it's like, what? You know, how, how, how can you not remember yes. well, a part after, of you? After my daughter found me and I started speaking out, I, I did speak to a group of social workers. Mm -hmm. My daughter and I both uh, spoke to, but, and they were so appreciative of what I said because they said they hate to hear about that happening then, but they said, they said it did not happen now. But they were glad to hear about the story, the way it happened, you know. And, and I'm glad for the fact of social workers, professional workers, adoption workers, or whatever else. And um, true, it's not as often as but before. Still, yeah. There's still some changes that need to be made. There's still, yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah, so uh, changes need okay. to be made. Uh, about that same time, and believed to be after watching that same movie with her mom, my daughter asked, asked her mom if there was anything about her adoption that she hadn't been told. So you were watching a movie with your daughter and her adoptive mom? No. No, oh. it's the same movie, I think, that I was watching on the bone marrow transplant. Okay, okay. And I found out later that my daughter and her mom was watching oh, that same movie. Okay, okay. And so after that movie, my daughter asked her mom if there was anything. Well, her mom had all the paperwork to, my, to the adoption. Okay. She had my name and that I lived near in the Springfield area and that I had, there's 11 in my, people in my family, so mm -hmm. she didn't think it'd be hard to find me. So uh, she later got her original birth certificate from the state of Kansas and later my hospital records after I 
sign for her permission to have them. Right, right. But after 25 and a half years of keeping my secret, I received a telephone call that changed my life. Wow. And I was ready to be found, but certainly uh -huh. wasn't expecting it, like I just mentioned, you know. Share with us, what was the conversation? So out of the blue, your phone rang and you answered it, and it was your daughter? Well, I had worked the midnight shift at the police department, okay. so I wasn't too happy about receiving the okay. telephone call at 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And I go, hello, mm -hmm. and this person says, hello, is this Sharon Fiker? Well, I said, yes. <laughs> I thought it was the solicitor because she didn't think right. <laughs> So she got my attention real fast. She says, my name is Marsha. I'm a social worker in the Kansas City. Uh, in August of 69, you gave birth to a baby girl and gave wow. her up for adoption. She wants to see you now. Wow. Well, I almost dropped the phone and I, I just burst out. I cried, cried, cried. Yeah. That's all I could do. Yeah. And she says, I know this has come as a shock to you, but maybe I'll just call back after you've had time to adjust. And I said, oh, no, no. I, right. I want to hear everything now. Yeah. yeah. I was afraid that she would hang up and I would never hear from her again. So mm -hmm. she told me my daughter's name was Lori and she asked if Lori could call me later that night. And I said, yes, I immediately, I knew I wanted to talk to her. Yeah. So I later learned that Marsha had been an adoption specialist before she started working with Lori and actually knew the judge who had signed the adoption papers. Wow. And in talking to Lori that night, she asked if she could ask me a question. First, she told me that she loved me for doing what I did, that she, mm -hmm. because of my decision, that she had the best parents that any child could ever okay, want. Okay, okay. And I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. Wow. wow. I'm so, yeah, I was just, I thought it was so, I was just so thankful that she had a good life. Yeah. And so she said, I said, but I thought she was just going to ask me why. And so I said, okay, I'm as ready now to answer as I'll ever be. Mm -hmm. And she said, all I want to know is, where did I get all of this hair? <laughs> Does she look like you? Or I know at that time you yes. hadn't seen her. Yes. Right. Her, okay. her hair is so curly and thick that okay. sometimes it seems unmanageable. Okay. And I told her if she could see me or some of my nieces, she would understand where she got the hair. Oh, wow. Isn't and that amazing? One of the things that you find out when you do, if you get a chance to meet your child, you is. look at the similarities. Wow. You know, you hear my story, you got my eyes, you got my nose. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And my family told me that even my voice changed after that phone call. Okay, okay. And the... And uh, the, uh, one more thing about Jeanette, um, the week that Lori found me, my friends and coworkers, um, after I was telling them, well, Jeanette was on vacation, and I realized I could not let her come back to work and hear all about Lori, not knowing for sure how it was going to affect her uh -huh. or whether she would have to go back home. So I called her, and even though she's on vacation, I said, could we go to breakfast tomorrow? And she said, well, what has happened at work that couldn't wait till I get back? <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you when we, when tomorrow morning. So right. we got to the restaurant and I told her I had known since before I met her that she was a birth mom, mm -hmm. but that I could not talk to her about it because I was also one. Mm -hmm. And then we both started crying mm -hmm. and I told her all about Lori and mm -hmm. about 
she was going, I was going to meet her the following Saturday. Mm -hmm. And Jeanette says, oh, Sharon, I wish you could have told me that years ago because we could have been there for each other all mm -hmm. these years. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I wish I'd told you too. I really regret that. Right. But that's just the way it was. Uh-huh. You just mm -hmm. had to keep that secret. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Lori and I got to meet nine days after that phone call. And we both mentioned, we, when we first saw each other, we were both a little disappointed because we didn't think we looked like each other at all. Oh, really? Yeah. We couldn't see it, but her friend and, came with her from, uh, she, did, she didn't come immediately. Uh, we, Lori and I had about six hours together, by okay. just the two of us, and then mm -hmm. we went to pick up her friend who had come, at, and she was staying at another friend's house. And uh, then we went out to see my family, and none of them could believe that we couldn't see it because they, wow. they were just surprised that we looked so much alike. Wow. And I couldn't see it until we had, of course, everybody's taking pictures, and I had to go get my photos developed because uh -huh. it's not instant then. I know. <laughs> Isn't of the different things we have, just like when guarding searching, you know, oh, you yeah. said for us, Kansas was open, but there was no search options, no internet or no, any of that. Nothing. It was those years, so, yeah, yeah. So um, after I saw the photos, I thought, oh, I can see it, mm. <laughs> but I sure couldn't just from looking at her. Right, yeah, yeah. But during that first year of meeting her, we got to spend a lot of time having lunch and stuff. She, even though she's three hours away, my sister okay. also lived in Kansas City, so I was able to go visit with her and stay with her, and then right. Lori and I was able to have all these long talks and yeah. got to really know each other then, and mm -hmm. that was just precious time then. Mm -hmm. And I got to attend Lori's wedding the next year after yeah. we met, Good. which was probably the most difficult time emotionally that, that I've ever had. But I would not have missed it for anything. Now, what, did do you know her adopted parents, or did I, you meet her, with them? Yes, I her, I didn't. I met her adoptive mom in August of that year, okay. actually around Lori's birthday. And uh, Lori's uh, father died bef two years before she found me, which is okay. probably one reason she searched waited to search for me. Did she ever say? Did you ever? Did you? Know yes. Why? Uh, she said her dad never okay. was for her finding me. Ah, uh, so she waited. So she waited. He he died, of, uh, you know, uh, cancer, and so it, during that yeah. time it was there very hard, and she was not going to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, I hear that her a mom lot. Was the that, one that gave her, yeah, the, yeah, I heard her that papers. a lot. It's sort of like they. Even if they don't approach you with their adoptive parents, they, they think oh, they wouldn't like it or be uh -huh. disloyal or, or what. I've heard adoptees yeah. say all that. The, yes. All of those feelings, yes. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So um, her, at, the, um, at the wedding, her, um, hearing her brother and her mom being the one who giveth away the bride, Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, her mom and I have always had one thing in common, mm -hmm. our number one concern being Lori's mm -hmm. happiness. Mm -hmm. And this time was no different. Her right. mom was giving away her daughter so that she could be happy with her husband, right. just as I had given Lori away at yeah. the birth, so she could be happy with yeah. both a loving mother and a father. Yeah. And that was exactly what I was thinking at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And. I enjoyed the receiving line probably more than at any other wedding I had gone to. So um, it was open that she was, you, uh, you were her mom? Everybody they, knew? They, 
everybody that knew me knew, but she did not make the announcement or okay. anything okay. because. Which I, I thought about it later, and I thought, well, this was her day, not yeah. my, not mine. Yeah. So, yeah. if she had told made the announcement, there would be everybody looking at me, you know, right. and, and yeah. that just yeah. that wouldn't have been right. Right, right. But uh, when I went through the receiving line, uh, Lori and David was st standing in front of the cake and punch table, greeting their guests, and I noticed that Lori had tears in her eyes as if, as I when it was my turn, mm -hmm. and I gave her a hug and congratulated her and. I'm sure I had big tears of my own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but Lori's mom introduced me to her sister. Okay. And with a big hug, her sister said, Sharon, I'm so happy to meet you. Good. Thank you for being here. Right. If it weren't for you, we wouldn't be here tonight. Well, you know what? And, you know, and I say it all the time, that nature and nurture, it takes both. It takes both. It takes both. And I say it this way. I gave life to my son. But his adoptive mom taught him how to live life. But how to live it. That's yeah, exactly right. yeah, yeah. That's how it works. That's yes. how it works. Yes, it's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in fact, I did. I think I mentioned it later on, but I, that was one of my papers. My final paper in college was mm -hmm. um, Nature versus Nurture. Yes. And yes. what Lori got from me and mm -hmm. what she got from her parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. After a few years, I was able to uh, be at the hospital several hours after Lori's son was born, mm -hmm. my first grandchild. Wow. And a couple of years later, when her daughter was born, that okay. is, as soon as I could make arrangements to be right. there after, right. after her husband had called to tell me they left for the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then for just about every grandparent's day at school, band concert, dance wow. recitals, choir concert, <laughs> all three grandmothers have been there cheering them on. Oh, good. Oh, good. And, and, and you asked about her, her mom, uh -huh. and she and I had spent one night together early on, mm -hmm. just the two of us at her house, and right. we went through. I slept there in, in Lori's room that was her room when she was growing up. Right. And we went through scrapbooks and all kinds of photos, and it was just awesome. Her mom really is a wonderful person. Great, great. So. That's good. That is good. You can all, because you share, you sh all share, Lori. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, that's she's, exactly. she's the top of the list of love for all of you. For yeah, all of that, you. That is exactly right. Yeah. And, and now back to Jeanette. She and I have had other similarities concerning our pregnancy and the adoption, as well as others throughout the years. And I asked her to go with me to Jefferson City at the time that we and many others throughout Missouri were trying to get the adoption laws changed. Mm -hmm. There she met Heather Dodd, who started uh, our Missouri Adoptee Rights Movement. And Heather was a searcher, and Jeanette asked her if she could help her find her son. Mm. And this was a major step for her, and I have been so proud of her. And Heather did, and she found him. Wow. And when Heather talked to, first talked to him, he said he was shocked to hear that, about Jeanette and where she worked. Get this. He has had a career in law enforcement in Missouri. See, I tell <laughs> you, those similarities, they go deep. But his is uh, several hours. It's about five hours away from where mm -hmm. we live but mm -hmm. who would have thought that you know that was before he was even born that she started well no it was after he was born but she started in law enforcement 
Well, you know, yeah. I, again, I, and I talk about the DNA, the genes and whatever that, that's in you. And while you're carrying your child, they pick that up. And they along do. with it, as I say, my son made you the same thing I did in college. Yeah, it's there. It's there. It's there naturally. Naturally. That's that nature there. That's that nature. Absolutely. So so later, our local triad group, which I had co founded, uh, we did an informational meeting about the change of the adoption laws Mm -hmm. in a city close to where her son lived. Mm -hmm. So I asked Jeanette if she wanted to go along with me to that meeting. Of course, she said yes. Right. So during that meeting, she received a text from him saying, are you still there? And he came to the meeting, and they got to meet in person at wow. our meeting for the first time. Wow. How wow. was that? How was that for her? It, it was wonderful. God, God, It, it was. God, God. And then, uh, and and that, to me, that's her story. I'll, I'll let leave the rest of her story. To right, her, right. To Tell her to, her to come on. Give her a story. And I will. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get her to come on this. Yeah, yeah. But, um she and I both were promoted to the shift leaders uh, on the same day, and we retired on the same day, 28 oh, years later. Wow. And awesome. L- Lori, her mom, and her children were there at our retirement party. Okay, okay. And um, I even asked Jeanette last week if I could mention how our lives intertwine with each mm-hmm. other and mm-hmm. if I should just mention her as a friend or if I could use her name. And she right. said I could use her name as Very she kind. thought it was important for demonstrating how deeply keeping that secret, how right, it affected right. us, both of us. Absolutely. Now, I asked you how, you, how do you get from not talking about it to talking about it? You said when Lori contacted you. Would you mm-hmm. have shared your story if Lori had not contacted no. you? I really believe that I would still be keeping that secret mm. this, this 52 years later. I mean, wow. it's just, if, I, if she had not found me because it was that deep, I just don't think that, it, it was it was have. deep, Sharon, but you obviously did the work to other words come out of it. And maybe that's going to yeah. be our hot topic sort of go into now is yeah. because what causes um, birth moms? We, we know the reason is that for you've been through trauma. That's a yeah. trauma, trauma for the child, trauma for us as birth mothers, trauma for the adoptive moms are taking in a baby that's not biologically theirs. They don't understand and so forth and, and may not can relate to it. But what takes, what is it, does it take to move out of that? I'm not talking about it. And and it probably was bit by bit because I don't think anyone really sort of comes directly out and fully with it and, and have, I call it the grace and the healing. So how do you see your healing journey? Let's talk well, about for I, that being your healing journey. Well, the, the main reason was because I, I saw the difference in me. Okay. And I thought, I don't want any other birth mom to go through that mm-hmm. shame that I did and mm-hmm. I want to do everything I can to mm-hmm. help them out keep that from happening right right and right. to me that that was the beginning of it in fact my um, my niece had tried to I called her I called everybody I called my mom was the first person I called after mm-hmm. I got the call from Dory mm-hmm. and um, well let me go back she, now had she ever talked to you about your daughter no. prior to that no, no, no. What was her first reaction when you told her you'd found your daughter? Well, I was crying when I called her. You know okay. how you think that you're fine, and then you pick up the phone, and then uh-huh. you try to talk. You can't, yeah. and I couldn't yeah. talk. So she, I couldn't, I was just crying. And right. she says, Sharon, what has happened? Who died? Right. What has right. happened? Yeah. And I finally realized I was scaring her to death, so I mm-hmm. went ahead and straightened out. And 
and told her, and she, the first thing she said was, well, when can I meet her? When can I meet her? Oh. <laughs> so she was so excited about it then. Wow. You know, and that I, I've heard that same response, and I always will question, too. It's not just us, Denise Hill. It's yeah. the, the surrounding, I call it, constellation around. Because just as we said, it's like not to talk about something for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. Yeah. And then suddenly, okay, the person appears. Or whether it's a person appear or whatever reason it causes it, it's now out. Who can talk about it? And yeah. then I asked about for is whether your siblings or other family members. And I, I speak honestly now. A lot of my family members, they, 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 don't, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with me. They don't know what to do with me having a son. And, and they just don't. And, yeah. and, and I, I, I can't help them unless they help themselves. I put it that way. That, that's true. And yeah. back to the phone call, I, after I talked to him, Lori, I, t- I called mom, and then I called everybody, and and I was on the phone all day, mm-hmm. and I called my niece and left a message because she was at work and left a message for her, and she called, she tried to call me back, but my line was busy because I was talking to everybody. Right, else. right. And so she calls my brother in Illinois, and she says, "Okay, John, who died in our family? Because I can't get a hold of Sharon, and her voice sounded so different. It, it sound, it just it was different." Mm. And uh, he, he said, I don't know, but I think you must have to call her yourself and find out. And he, he didn't, he wouldn't tell her. He right, said, this right, right. come from Sharon. Mm-hmm. So he just acted like he didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I had already told him. Mm-hmm. And, and he was the one that didn't even know about it either. <laughs> so. Wow. Now, what, but, what, did, did he have questions of not, not necessarily why he didn't know or did he even know about you being pregnant or just that whole time back then? Just that whole time because he didn't really have any quite Well, I told him everything on the phone call when I made the phone call to him mm-hmm. and just told him all about it. And he, wow, no, I didn't know, have any mm-hmm. idea, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the way my three youngest brothers were. They right, could, right. One of them said, what did you say? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I talk about secrets is that, you know, the moths may bury it and keep it secret. But again, that's, the, the, the hot topic really is if I... I'm keeping it secret because of the pain, the trauma, and whatever. But why are you keeping it secret? You know, yeah. because for those who do know and yeah. just don't talk about it. That's why I say the whole family, the constellation needs healing and grace. Mm-hmm. It's not just the moms. Yeah. Well, later on in Jefferson City, when after we got the laws changed, well, January the 1st, 2018 was mm-hmm. the day that we had a break in the seal conference in Saint, in Jefferson City. Okay. Uh, because the next day was when all the adoptees were able to go to the to mm. um, pick up their to request their original birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So Jeanette and Lori and I all three shared our and we called it our our uh, presentation secrets told mass unfold mm. story. Mm-hmm. You're taking oh, off the mask, you're throwing them away, that's exactly and, right. and, and telling all the secrets. You know, I mm-hmm. joke, but I say this as a joke. It's like uh, a lot of people take this to the grave, yes. to the grave. You know, that's, that's why I say exactly a lot of times right. on families or whatever. And I said, I, I can't keep nothing. I'm not taking this to the grave. I'm, I'm like not. a bad refrigerator. Can't keep nothing. So I'm going to share it. <laughs> I'm going right. to share it for me. 
for me, not to hurt anybody, whatever, but for me. And I, I say this very, very, very caring about other people. And I want you to share it too mm-hmm. and understand because there's no need for the secrets. There's just no need. There's, there's just... no need. And secrets keep you keep you sick. They do. Keep you sick for years upon years. Because along with it, and maybe you can relate to it, Sharon, if you're keeping the secret about this, you're keeping secrets about other stuff too. Other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Free yourself, I said. Free and yourself and tell Yes, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Jeanette and Lori and I uh, shared our story again on the Secrets Told Mask and Fold story again okay. at a women's event mm-hmm. later on that year uh, in Prairie Village, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then Jeanette and I were on a joint Friday night happy hour call with DAP, the mm-hmm. National Association of right. Deeds and right. Parents. Right. And, um, that was another big step for her. Mm-hmm. And then Lori and I were on it, just the two of us also, in March 11th of this year. Mm-hmm. And I've loved every minute of sharing with both of them. Right, right. And while my relationship with Lori is not anything like what my siblings share with the children they raised, it's still more than I ever hoped for. Mm-hmm. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like right you 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 are coming to turn to build. You're building your relationship because yes. that that the facing reality is that we give birth to our children, but they really are strangers until we get to know each other. And so, yes, exactly. And, and part of getting to know each other, is spending time talking and whatever, and you'll get to know similarities, what you like together, and so forth, and how you can build a relationship. And I say, and I tell anyone, my son is my priority relationship in building with him. I want oh, to yeah. build with him and spending time and whatever. And, and we're able to, you know, to talk and, 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 and I'm proud of him. He'll tell me he's proud of me. And, and that's how we're growing. That's mm-hmm. how we're growing. And it's a lifelong thing now. It's not just going to happen. Okay, I'm going to meet my child. I'm going to meet my mom. And in 30 days, I'm going to be doing this. Ah. <laughs> it's a process. And, and I, my, my son and I will talk about it. We're writing our own playbook. Yes. Because there's no, no book that will tell you because everything's different. Yeah. Everything's and, different. And I remember um, I, I've gone, I have hated Mother's Day for 25 years, even mm-hmm. though I was always there for my mom during those years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But now, Mother's Day is my favorite holiday. Really? Now, did you have other children? I didn't ask that. No. no. Okay. Okay. Um, I never got <clears throat> excuse me. I never got married until I was fifty-seven. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and no more children. But um, uh, Lori and her husband have a barbecue cookout for all three of their mothers: her okay. mom and his mom and me. So that's right. why I love Mother's Day now. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So any last thoughts, Sharon, you want to share to the listeners out there? And our listeners are adoptees, birth moms, adoptees, siblings of adoptees. It's the whole constellation because I hear from all of them. So any last words for them and encouragement or how you're processing and dealing with Lori and building a relationship with her? Well, many things have helped in my healing, um, forgiving myself and others. Okay. such as the birth father. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, forgiving myself for all of those bitter feelings and mm-hmm. blame that I felt toward him. Mm-hmm. But instead of blaming him for every failed relationship right. or problem that I have had, I knew I had to forgive, not face-to-face, but just in my heart. Right, right. And I think a big step in healing also is talking about it, just like you said. Uh-huh. Um, Absolutely. That's a big step. 
yeah. and then my faith. But instead of keeping it to myself like I did inside, just like a turtle is what I call it yeah. because I've collected turtles for over yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. But I only allowed myself to grieve when I was home, and that's mm -hmm. just not healthy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've had a lot of close friends, but and I was there for them, but mm -hmm. I could never share that until my Lord and daughter found me. And then right. once she found me, I didn't care who. I, I, mean, That's I was it. everybody. That is it. That is it. It gives you the freedom. Mm -hmm. It's that freedom. You know, you're no longer bound. And you know, and the thing about it, birth moms will bound themselves up for years in spite of what other people tell you. You have choice. You have a choice. Yes. Takes work now. Takes yeah. work. That's why I emphasize for therapy, support groups, and whatever else. Do what you need to do to get your healing. You know, uh, with and, that. and you mentioned your son being proud of you. Mm -hmm. um, I, um, well, my friend, co-worker Kathy and I started taking classes at Drury University mm -hmm. uh, as a hobby first. As, you know, because of my, I like, um, I like uh, photography. But then we started working seriously, and I was working the night shift and attending classes as I worked, and. Um, after two years, after Lori found me, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, Wonderful. psychology, and sociology. And Lori is a transition specialist and school social worker. Okay. So almost every paper I turned in after she found me was about her in some way, one way or the other. Okay. I, I squeezed that on in. Yeah. And then I told you that nature versus nurture. Yeah. And I interviewed birth moms from all over. Yeah. locally and online, mm -hmm. and then compared to things that Lori got from me and to the things that she got from her parents. Right, right. And I started volunteering at the Pregnancy Care Center. Okay, good. Uh, when it first opened, and I later, after I retired, I became a staff member there. Okay. And Lori shared one of her stories at one of the volunteer meetings. Mm -hmm. And she shared how finding me, she said that driving to see me was the hardest thing for her because she knew that she loved her mom so much that if I was the type that wanted to take over her life, that there was going to be problems. Right. And she said she knew within meeting me, just a few seconds after meeting me, mm -hmm. that that was not going to be a problem because right. I had so much respect for her mom. Absolutely. You know, and love for our child. You know, I said that, and I think I said this in a support group or maybe I said it on Facebook the other day, um, is the fact that sometimes birth adoptive moms are fearful when the, the mm -hmm. birth mom comes in that the child would leave them behind or whatever, or we yeah. want to take over. We don't want to take over because we both play a part. Yeah, and, and that's what apart. Lori told the volunteers is yeah. that uh, choosing, uh, meeting me did not mean she had to choose Absolutely. between us. That Absolutely. That her heart was big enough for both of us. That's it. That is it. I say that all the time. You don't, you, you, if you have more than one kid, what are you going to, oh, I right. can't love this second one because I got love for the first one. Yeah, yeah that doesn't indeed, happen like indeed. that, does it? <laughs> Thank you so much, Sharon, for sharing your journey, your story, and really the hope, the inspiration, aspiration that you've given to people. In other words, don't listen to what people tell you. Don't That's stuff exactly it. Right. Free yourself. Become unbound. So that freedom is such a healing. It'll change your life. It will yeah. change your life. And also, writing my book like you did, uh, you've talked about, I mean, that, that uh, writing a book, and you've mm -hmm. done your podcast and everything, mm -hmm. that has helped so immensely, but mm -hmm. I, uh, 
I wrote, I, I got my book published. And okay, great. I choose this day, Mornings and Miracles yes. of Adoption. Yes, And yes. that helped immensely. And Absolutely. I wrote it just for Lori. And uh -huh. then my mom was the first one to read it and critiqued it. Okay. And uh, so many people read it that they said, you can't just give this to her. This has to be oh, everybody. Oh, yeah, obviously, obviously. The and whole, so. the whole constellation. I just yeah. birthed moms, everybody with that. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for tuning in to Birth Moms Real Talk. Okay. I'm your host, Yvonne Thank Rivers. Thank you so much, too. So listen to the podcast. We're about to celebrate first anniversary come June 26th. This has been amazing, Sharon, this year. I knew this was needed. I don't know what oh, I yeah. knew how much it was needed with the response I'm getting, but it's amazing. It truly is amazing. It's a place of grace and healing, which is a, a new series all within Birth Moms Real Talk. So listen to our Facebook Lives. Live. If you want to share your story, your birth mom listening to this, go to our website, birthmomsrealtalk.com, and share your story with us. Support us uh, through Patreon. Go on our Facebook page, like it, and listen to the podcast, and give us a review. You know, uh, download it, subscribe, so you get noticed when podcasts are listed or whatever. We have a Birth Moms Real Talk Village, which is a private group, so maybe you need to join that, Sharon, that we birth moms are always staying connected, because as they say, is that we're all in this together. So thanks for tuning in. I have listened to five of them so far. <laughs> okay. And I just love them. So you got 25 right. more. That's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. You're welcome. Thank you. You have been listening in to Birth Moms Real Talk Podcast, a platform where birth moms and natural moms share their stories, their journeys. If you are a birth or natural mom and wish to share your story, please go to our website at www.birthmomsrealtalk.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Moms Real Talk. Join our private Birth Moms Real Talk Village, a private Facebook and a monthly Zoom, a welcome package with a journal and book readings. Support us through Patreon, on our website, or PayPal. We are the place of grace and healing. See you next time.